Okay. I have to start off today with sad news. I usually, you know, try to start off with a little uplifting news, but this is too big to not start with this sad news. Uh, Dairy Queen uh, is canceling its free cone day. I know. (laughs) I know. For those of you looking forward to free cone day on, I think, Usually it's on March 19th uh, every year that uh, it's not going to happen. Look, according to them, we all look forward to Free Cone Day. Uh, It's an event that attracts long lines at our restaurants. And given the state of COVID-19, we've made the difficult decision to cancel this year's event with your safety and safety of our crew members in mind. We look forward to bringing back Free Cone Day and 2022 and celebrating our fans in a sweet way from all of us at dq thank you for understanding well what if i say i don't understand what if i say you canceled last year too this is two years in a row without free cone day what if i say i'm not happy what if i say hey the closest dairy queen to my house closed So I have to find a Dairy Queen quite a ways away to get a free cone on March 19th. That's not going to happen. What if I say that? Dairy Queen would say, tough. Thank you for understanding. So no, no free cone on March 19th. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So Europe is going to be struggling for their cocaine use uh, and cocaine purchases and cocaine sales for a little while. Uh, German officials discovered 16 tons in five shipping containers that had arrived in the port of Hamburg from Paraguay earlier this month. Police in the Netherlands were notified and a further 7.2 tons of cocaine was seized at the Belgium port. <laughs> they said the cocaine had a street value of billions of euros. So apparently uh, a 28-year-old man suspected of involvement in the trafficking of the drugs has been arrested in the Netherlands. The two raids took place earlier this month, resulted in, uh, it resulted in the bust. So they were hidden in containers filled with wooden blocks from Panama. Now they were concealed in tins of wall filler that had entered, you know, Europe through Paraguay. Custom officials uh, apparently decided to take a closer look at the Paraguayan containers after noticing clear irregularities with some of the contents. Uh, Tin cans that uh, were meant to be filled with putty. Huh. Beyond a layer of genuine goods packed just behind the container door, numerous tin cans were, in fact, filled with other goods. Yeah, numerous. No kidding. Uh, They found 1,700 tins. (laughs) Uh, Wow. It's the largest amount of cocaine ever seized in Europe and one of the largest single seizures worldwide. Uh, We're estimating the street value between 1.5 and 3.5 billion euros for the 16 tons 
Wow. Um, it, apparently, Paraguay has been a key transit country for drugs, eh, you think? So there's uh, drug trafficking gangs from uh, Brazil, such as First Capital Command, have expanded across the border into Paraguay and are running many of the smuggling operations there. Yes, so you don't want to mess with First Capital Command. (laughs) Uh, No way. So now in October, they found 11.5 tons of cocaine hidden in scrap metal containers that had arrived in uh, Antwerp from South America. And uh, then officials in 2019 at the port of Hamburg seized 4.5 tons of cocaine from a shipment that was listed as soya beans. Wow. So uh, there is some big, big busts going on. And with tins, it was reminded me of, and I'm going to go back to the show, 000. On, uh, it's on Amazon. And it's about the uh, it's about the shipment, this one big shipment of cocaine in uh, it's with just one container that they follow from the very beginning uh, around to the destination in Italy, and it's uh, shipped in uh, in the in the shipping container. Inside the shipping container is chili peppers. It's mixed in with these cans of chili peppers, and it's fascinating. And this is a lot like what that show shows you if you watch that show you'll find how it how it works and uh how they get to the destinations now you know holy cow that's a huge amount of cocaine and someone someone is paying the price there is no doubt about that man someone is paying the price and it's going to be you know you and me on the streets well you on the streets. I haven't purchased any in a long, long time that I'll admit to. And speaking of shipping drugs, I was uh, reading a story this weekend that locked me into kind of a rabbit hole that I never really finished. Um, They found cocaine-soaked cereal disguised as frosted cornflakes, but they found the shipping container in Cincinnati, which I found fascinating. So U.S. Customs Drug Dog alerted authorities to a shipment of breakfast cereal that was frosted with cocaine instead of sugar. So they confiscated 44 pounds, which is nothing compared to what's going on in Europe with the tonnage of cocaine, but it's still, you know, quite a bit. So apparently the sugar on the cornflakes was actual cocaine. They figured the street value was $2.8 million. But what got me was the shipment originated in Peru, was en route to a private residence in Hong Kong, but it was seized at the Cincinnati port. <laughs> so I'm just a roundabout way right to get to Hong Kong. It just the shipping from Peru to Hong Kong through Cincinnati was just really strange to me. That's all. I just, (laughs) 
I mean, I get coming from, I guess, Paraguay to Hamburg. If you were coming from Peru to Hamburg or Peru to Hong Kong, but going from, it doesn't say uh, the shipment. And this The European one says uh, it arrived at the port of Hamburg from Paraguay. So if the Frosted Flakes were busted in Hong Kong, would it say that it arrived from Peru and doesn't say, you know, which way it's going through? Because, I, you know, I, the Cincinnati port, uh, you know, is huge, I'm told, and I started reading about. But if we have shipments of drugs coming from Peru through Cincinnati to Hong Kong or wherever it's going, if... A shipment comes from, let's use a hypothetical country, you know, like Peru, and it is going to Hong Kong and it's at the Cincinnati port. One would think maybe I should check that out as a customs official. Maybe I should check that out. Now, maybe not. Maybe that's just a regular. Maybe that's the cheap route. Maybe I have a shipment of something from Peru that I want to end up in Hong Kong, but if I send it directly to Hong Kong, it costs me more money. So if I send it on a on a little route that takes me through Cincinnati and then takes me up into New York or Philadelphia or Boston and then takes me to Hong Kong with a couple of stops in between and it's a whole lot cheaper and I make a lot more money at the end, maybe that's the route I take. I don't know. But it does... That's a heck of a job separating flakes and the cocaine from the cereal. Although, you know, I mean, because the packets of the uh, wall filler, of the cans of the wall filler, there were separate packets of the cocaine inside the wall filler, just like in the show 000. While you were in the packets were put inside the chili peppers, you were still able to open up the chili peppers and, you know, just get rid of the chili peppers. You didn't have to separate them. So separating the cocaine flakes from the cereal flakes, that doesn't sound like a fun job. And for sure, we live in a, you know, we live in a a strange world, a difficult world, a weird world. And we hear stories all the time that we go, wait, what? Well, remember the story where the lady sued because the tire shop didn't tighten her lug nuts when she got her tires rotated. And she sued and won. She sued and won. The, uh, ad- the mechanic admitted that he had forgotten to tighten the lug nuts. Uh, and then the couple sued for the damages for their vehicle. And... Uh, one of the points that their attorney made was in reference to the Motor Vehicle Service and Repair Act, and the law protects protects them. Well, uh, no, uh, it doesn't really protect them now. Uh, it turns out that uh, they don't have to do that, according to the case it was appealed. Um, so if you go into a shop for tire rotation... Um, you know, whether they move the wheels from the front to the back or the left to the right, or they X them, however you have to rotate them. Uh, it doesn't matter because, uh, the case now, um, 
The court originally found the dealership and the mechanic guilty and fined them. The jury made the dealership uh, cover the court fees, which totaled $70,000, and awarded the couple $40,000. That seems fair. You know, that seems fair for whatever car it was. Well, the dealership appealed the decision and stated they did not violate the Motor Vehicle Services and Repair Act. Uh, They didn't charge for repairs that are, in fact, not performed. So the court decided to take another look at the case and determined that rotating the tires did not include tightening of the lug nuts. (laughs) Uh, I would disagree with that. And I know this sounds crazy, and I'm disagreeing with the with the court and judges, but, you know, I do. We conclude, according to the court, under the plain language of the MCL 257.1307A, and who doesn't love the language of the MCL 257.1307A, that defendants performed a tire rotation all by negligently. There's no support for the trial court's determination that a tire rotation is not performed if a service person fails to sufficiently tighten the lug nuts on one tire. Wow. So job completion as part of the tire rotation doesn't count. Really what they're saying is it doesn't count as part of this motor vehicle services and repair act because it's a separate thing which is agonizing agonizing so be careful out there especially in michigan wow be careful if you got your tires rotated or are going to get your tires rotated before you even check it out make sure the lug nuts were tightened and a you're probably getting charged more money for it now, right? That's an extra service, which is ridiculous. Unless, you know, you're, you know, a repair shop or a, uh, you know, tire shop and you're saying, hey, we report, we, re- we will do your tire rotation and make sure the lug nuts are tight. Yes, it's all one job. Stop here. So, I mean, good luck. Make sure those lug nuts are tight. You can quote me on that. Make sure your lug nuts are are tight long as we're in michigan uh, i may as well uh tell you that the university of michigan uh shut down the library after they found venomous spiders in several of the buildings uh no thanks you want to go to the library no i'm good so they shut down the library after these venomous spiders were found in the basements and remote areas of multiple buildings on campus don't worry about it they're down in the basement you know nobody goes well people go down there yeah and the spiders they can move Uh, i don't know about the if you know things about spiders they move around and i know i get it the world needs spiders that's why there's there's millions of spiders jeff billions of spiders the globe would fall apart if there wasn't spiders okay all right if you say so so the venomous mediterranean recluse spiders found in the non-public basement area of Shapiro Library in late January. We're finding out about it now. Can I go to the library? Now we're closed. Why is the library closed? No reason. Just keep moving. Don't ask any questions. Just keep moving. We'll tell people later what happened, okay? (laughs) Oh, yeah. But it's back open now. 
So they've treated the buildings and the library for the spiders, and it's back open. And uh, according to the University of Michigan, they believe that, you know what, we probably shouldn't have closed it. We should have just treated it, and uh, it was a misunderstanding, and we shouldn't have closed it for two days. Uh, Yeah, you should have. Pest management uh, inspected all the areas where the spiders were found and, of course, uh, treated it with those bastard chemicals. And uh, the recluse spider is a cousin of the brown recluse spider, but is even more reclusive than the brown recluse. And bites are extremely rare. Okay, well, that's great. Um, I really don't want to be one of the extremely rare bitten people. Uh, That'd be, you know, I just don't want it. Look, they prefer basement spaces tunnels and other hideaways where there's a decrease in foot traffic oh okay uh users browsing the library stacks would uh would be very unlikely to encounter a stray spider or be bitten oh okay if i'm going to those libraries i am on the lookout baby (laughs) i am on the look out now according to this Uh, The spider is distinguished from the brown recluse by genitalia. And who doesn't, you know, if I see a spider in the library, I'm looking at the genitalia. I'm like, oh, is that a brown recluse or a Mediterranean? Here, let me check the genitalia. And of course, bites can cause different reactions, including, you know, a little minor irritation. and some tissue death. Don't worry about reports of death from spider bites are often overreported. Um, people aren't in any kind of danger unless they're in close contact with the spider. That's why they were in close contact. They were in the building. I, I do not like spiders. I do not like spiders. I can't take it. So uh, they're claiming just walking around. Don't worry about it. I would be on the serious lookout, whether it's a Mediterranean recluse or it's a brown recluse. I don't want anything to do with spiders. You can quote me on that too. I don't want anything to do with spiders. And I don't want to have to worry about, ooh, is that a brown recluse or a Mediterranean recluse? Uh, let's take a look at the genitalia. While that may be fun, and it may be fun for others more than me, I'm not going to do that. If I'm looking at, uh, let's say I'm in the library to study and I dig out my, of course, the University of Michigan, uh, you know, I dig out my algebra book or my Karl Marx book and uh, I say, ooh, is that a spider? It sure is. It's no longer a spider. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. That is so, so good. Hey, let me remind you. Sorry. I was just enjoying that cold drink. (laughs) Uh, Let me remind you to subscribe to this show. If you're listening to this show right now and you are not a subscriber, you are a freeloader. And nobody likes a freeloader. Okay? Nobody. Now, if you are a subscriber, then you're known as a freeloading subscriber. And that's good. That's no problem. In fact, we love you as a freeloading subscriber. 
If you're a freeloader, nobody likes a freeloader. I mean, thanks for listening, but nobody likes a freeloader. So become a freeloading subscriber. Choose a platform, whatever platform warms the cockles of your hearts, say like iTunes or iHeartRadio or Stitcher or Spotify or one of the plethora of platforms available that carry Chewing the Fat, subscribe. And then you become a freeloading subscriber and your life is so much better. I can't tell you. It's like turning a frown upside down, becoming a freeloading subscriber. And we haven't uh, talked in a while about, uh, you know, one of the main rules of a freeloading subscriber. But that means that whenever you're asked, hey, what are you listening to? Your answer must be chewing the fat with Jeff Fisher. Now, you could be listening to other things, and I want you to listen to other things. The more voices, the better. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know. I believe it. I believe it, and I hold it true to my heart. More voices, the better. But uh, no matter what you're listening to, if someone asks you, hey, what are you listening to? Your answer has got to be chewing the fat with Jeff Fisher. And then you have, you know, that's it. That's that's the rule. I can't do it. I mean, that's the rule. I'm just telling you what the rule is. Okay. And that's when you're a freeloading subscriber. That's the rule. All right, then. We're good. Now, you can always follow me on social media. Twitter, at JeffyJFR, Facebook, Instagram, Parler. I guess Parler's back up and running. I've been posting some things on there. Uh, Jeff Fisher Radio. And you can always email me, chewingthefat at theblaze.com. I did receive an email uh, to chewingthefat at theblaze.com. And the email is from Mike, who said, I listened to you talk about the idea of space cleanup. Well, I don't know if you know about a show in the late 70s called Space Salvage, but it starred Andy Griffith about a junk dealer going to space to get salvage. He claims he never saw the show. And Mike says, take care. God bless. Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, I do uh, remember hearing about the show before. It uh, it had like, I don't know, if I, if I remember right, it was, I don't know, now I have to look it up. But I'm pretty sure as I'm talking to you right now, I'm going to look it up. I think it had like 30 shows, something like that. Yeah, it had like 20 episodes. And it starred uh, Andy Griffith. And, you know, it was I, I don't remember ever seeing it. I know you could probably find it uh, somewhere, someplace. You, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, that's right. You could probably find it somewhere someplace but uh yeah i mean there's absolutely that and that show would have been ahead of its time right space salvage there wasn't even really space salvage going on but i did look into space debris removal salvage and use and i found a place called the national space society who has written papers and talked about space debris removal and I reached out to them. I'm hoping that someone gets back to me because I desperately, I would love to talk to someone about their position and what the deal is with space salvage because I'm telling you, that is a great idea. You want to become part of the space garbage mafia. You want to be that. Pro- I'm, I'm telling you, I'm ahead of the curve on this. And actually, I'm not ahead of the curve since there's people actually talking about it and there was a tv show back in the 70s but i'm ahead of the curve on this all right right here on chewing the fat nobody nobody's ever thought of this before <laughs> okay you got it you happy all right 
but I, I really do want to talk to someone at the national space society so if you uh know of someone or are part of the national space society hook me up let's go i want to talk to one of your professionals about space debris removal and salvage okay all right and i want to talk about the laws and rules that are now going into place or have been put in place and see if we can get the uh space garbage mafia going all right all right thank you and thank you mike so the world i believe has found their new jeopardy host i know and uh it's not we knew it wasn't going to be ken jennings we knew it wasn't going to be anderson cooper or savannah guthrie or aaron Rodgers or what's her face katie couric you knew it wasn't going to be her, but they uh, had a fill-in because of COVID, and they used their executive producer, this Mike Richards, and the world fell in love with Mike Richards, and that's who it's got to be, right? It's got to be someone that's all that's not a star already, but is liked and can do the show, and he knows the show. He was executive producer knew alex he said i'm hosting today and for the next two weeks to keep the greatest quiz show in the world going we have some amazing guest hosts coming that i can't wait for you to see but with the COVID outbreak here in la folks were understandably a little uh reticent to shoot so as a producer my job is to quite literally live the mantra the show must go on. So let's do what Alex did 8,244 times. Wow. Let's play Jeopardy and prove that nothing can stop this show. And the fans loved it. They just said, stop looking. Mike Richards is your guy. He's a good looking man. He's smart. He's an executive producer. He knows the show. That's who's going to get it. All right. They'll just give it to him. And you might as well call Aaron Rodgers and Anderson Cooper and Savannah Guthrie Call those people, and if they haven't recorded their shows yet, you're not even going to use them. And in fact, you don't need to really use them now. You can use them over the holidays when Mike needs a break. All right, Mike's taking a week off. All right, we'll do the Aaron Rodgers week. Mike's taking a week off. Yeah, we'll do the uh, you know the Anderson Cooper week. There you go. And uh, we'll be good to go. But it's over. It's over. It is over goodbye have a nice day and i see where everybody is all happy now because uh you know the great governor cuomo who's trying to fight all this bad information coming about him has now said deemed it from on high that the movie theaters can open back up and the uh new nyc movie theaters can reopen yay certain chains in the new york city can reopen if they followed covid19 safety restrictions oh thank you governor cuomo and guess what that doesn't make me like you any better okay it doesn't it just doesn't but i mean the stock prices went up for amc people are fired up they want to, you know, they're excited. It's going to open up on March 5th, including the largest cinema in the country, AMC Empire 25 uh, in New York City. So AMC CEO Adam Aaron uh, said that uh, New York City locations are going to be opening on March 5th, and including the AMC Empire 25, the largest cinema in the country. And he said that uh, we're, this is an important step towards restoring the health of the movie theater industry and our company. Aaron reassured moviegoers that its locations will be opening with the highest devotion 
to the health and safety of our guests and associates through our AMC safe and clean policies and protocols, which were developed in consultation with Clorox and with current and former faculty at the prestigious Harvard University of Public Health. The AMC safe and clean program includes reducing the maximum tickets available, seat blocking and reserved seating, improved cleaning procedures, and nightly disinfecting using HEPA vacuums and upgraded air filtration. Guests will also be required to wear a mask. Yay! I mean, good luck. Good luck. Uh, I don't know that, I mean, while it's cool that... They're opening up the theaters, and they should be open. Absolutely. And if you want to go to the theater, you go to the freaking theater. Good for you. But to uh, have all this restrictions, I don't know. Good luck. Uh, you know, I want the movie theater industry to come back, but I don't think they will. And I think uh, times, they are a-changing. And those times are going to be minus movie theaters sure there's going to be movie theaters just not like there was pre-covid but that's just me that's just so like i said uh cuomo opening up the theaters in new york and new york city uh comes at a time when he's under fire again not only for he this guy it's got to go away right he's there's no question that he's got to go away now he's gonna go down swinging because that's the kind of guy he is but a former aide to the governor uh who previously accused him of sexual harassment has come forward with details of the harassment that she allegedly experienced lindsey boylan formerly the Deputy Secretary for Economic Development and Special Advisor to the Cuomo administration from 2015 to 2018, March 2015, October 2018. And uh, she said that uh, uh, she accused Governor Cuomo of sexual harassment and bullying. Today, I'm telling my story. I never planned to share the details of my experience working in the Cuomo administration, but I'm doing so now in the hopes that it may make it easier for others to speak their own truth. And there'll be more coming out. Him bullying people and yelling at people and overwhelming them. That's de- more of people come out all the time. I mean, the, that douchebag mayor of New York, de Blasio, even said, that's just classic Andrew. That's classic Cuomo. I mean, they all know. They all know, okay? According to her, Governor Cuomo created a culture within his administration where sexual harassment and bullying is so pervasive that it is not only condoned, but expected. His inappropriate behavior toward women was an affirmation that he liked you, that you must be doing something right. He used intimidation to silence his critics. Duh. And if you dared to speak up, you would face the consequences. Yeah. So according to her, uh, Cuomo asking his aides to play strip poker with him. Does that mean that they were actually playing strip poker? I mean, some of this stuff in here seems like just a you know douchebag trying to be funny. But in today's world, I guess you can't. I mean, there's obviously we know that. No way can you make that happen, right? No way. 
So uh, the accuser, Boylan, uh, said that Cuomo made references to President Bill Clinton and the affair with Monica Lewinsky. Valentine's Day deliveries of roses to Boylan and other female staffers. Well, he's the governor and you're a female. It's Valentine's Day. That does seem appropriate. He's supposed to, I guess in today's world, everybody gets roses or nobody gets roses, right? Um, inappropriate physical touching. I'd like to know what that is. Is that walking by and touching them on the shoulder? Is that touching them in the back? Is that patting them on the ass? I'd like to know what that inappropriate physical touching is considered by Boylan. And I, I sound like I'm sticking up for him, and I'm not. I'm not, because I this guy is complete douchebag. And it can't ha- couldn't happen to a nicer guy. But I'm I'm interested to think to know what they consider because if getting roses on Valentine's Day is considered inappropriate, that's that's a problem to me. But physical touching, you know, that's a problem to everybody. And well, most people. And a non consensual kiss on the lips. Was that for uh, and again, I'd like to know the circumstances around that. I know he's a douchebag. I get it. I I know. I know he's created this culture and he's just this. Ah, I just hate him. But I want to know what is considered wrong. Okay. So the non-consensual kiss on the lips. I, I guess it could be, it doesn't matter what it is. Right. Uh, is there any, you know, you're not supposed to kiss anyone on the lips other than your wife ever. Right. 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 So she uh, went public with these accusations uh, last December, but didn't give any more details, right? So we all blew it off. We said, yeah, yeah, it's just another. Just somebody else complaining. (laughs) And now she's coming out. So um, I got to tell you, there's going to be more of this, right? There's going to be more of this. And it's going to be interesting. I really do. I want to see, like, made references to President Bill Clinton and the affair with Monica Lewinsky. What, how did, how were the references phrased? Um, I'd be really, I'd be interested to, uh, I want to, I want to know the circumstances around every one of these claims, man, do I want, I want to know, I want to know the circumstances. So make that happen. Make that happen. Lindsay Boylan. In fact, call me, call me on chewing the fat. I will am happy to break down the entire the entire thing and let's let's get governor cuomo let's put him back in the fire and let's let this guy get out of office for new york and might actually help the state of new york if i cared about new york i mean i i love new york i worked in the city i lived i i, I lived i lived uh, outside of the city i lived just outside of the city in weehawken new jersey and then i lived in philadelphia took the train in and out of the city i, lo- I love new york i love the northeast uh philadelphia new york i love those cities but do i care a lot about it now not so much not so much all right let's go to the art world you know me mr art uh, I am fashion, but again, I am Mr. Art, too. Today, uh, the 25th of February, 2021, for those of you listening live, digital artist Mike Winkleman, a.k.a. Beeple, will join the ranks of the best artist to uh, to have a piece auctioned by Christie's. Uh, 
Uh, but it's no ordinary piece. It's going to be the first fully digital NTF-based artwork ever sold at a major auction at a major auction house, and the first to accept cryptocurrency as a payment option. So you and uh, it's a digital collage of the first five thousand otherworldly images from Beeple's Everyday series, in which he created a new piece of digital art every day for over ten years. I don't have to tell you about Beeple because he created that new digital art every day for ten years. But I was wondering what NTF art is. So it's non fungible token. NFT, non-fungible token. I know. (laughs) NFTs are not new. They've been around for years, but Christie's upcoming sales decidedly, you know, put it into the mainstream. So what NFT is, is a way to prove ownership of the digital art and collectibles. So whatever image or video that the NFT owner owns doesn't live on the blockchain instead the token refers to a file that sits it somewhere else on the web so there you have it (laughs) it's the first beeple is the first nft's artwork to be uh auctioned off at christie's so congratulations to beeple and we'll find out how much it goes for because i bet it uh, goes for a pretty penny and it will be interesting to see how much that pretty penny is. Speaking of artwork, did you happen to see the new USPS sleek-looking mail trucks? <laughs> they uh, were unveiled Tuesday, and it's a modern uh, replacement for the Grumman mail truck that you see out there on the streets still today it's uh they're gonna they're gonna get between 50 and 165,000 new trucks over the next 10 years replacing the older vehicles and the uh oshkosh design oshkosh defense has been contracted to build them oshkosh's design is not completely finalized but the initial order of trucks is costing $482 million in the first vehicles to hit the roads in 2023. Now, the, the first uh, depiction of these new mail trucks, everyone has. I mean, it looks a little silly. I mean, it looks like it's a workable vehicle, though. So that's what you need. While it looks funny and it looks like vehicles that we all drew in elementary school or as little children... Um, it looks like it's a workable male vehicle. So we'll see. And by male vehicle, I mean M-A-I-L, not M-A-L-E for you haters out there, okay? And I want to be clear that I was not consulted, which is very, very disappointing. And I know that Postmaster General Louis DeJoy said that uh, the Postal Service is in a death spiral and needed financial help. Uh, during his testimony on Capitol Hill the other day. Uh, He also apologized for delays in service. Stop apologizing! Stop it! That's why I need the job. That's why I need the job. Okay? I need that job. 
I, I always wanted to be postmaster general, and then I decided, you know what, I need to be on the board of governors because they are the overlords of the postmaster general. But I need to be have my hands in the postal service because I can help turn this thing around. A, we're going to stop apologizing. Okay, number one. Number one, we're going to stop apologizing. Number two, we're going to relook at the Oshkosh vehicle design. Take a, you know, maybe just take another 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 drawing at it and then uh there's some other things that uh that we've got to do to uh to create some uh, turn this turn this ship around so jeff fisher board of governors and or postmaster general call me call me okay oh yeah the other uh, more sad news too uh the electronics chain fries uh they're out in california really west coast uh west coast company they a family run uh it's been a fixture in silicon valley you know forever uh it had 31 stores across nine states closing up have a nice day we're closing all the stores fries electronics closing down so uh you know apparently they were unable to uh you know head to the old e-commerce so uh you know with uh, amazon and best buy so i guess fries.com <laughs> uh didn't work out people went to fries and wanted actual fries they didn't want electronics so anyway uh, another company bites the dust man another company bites the dust So we talked about the new Barack Obama, Bruce Springsteen podcast and, uh, you know, how they're promoting it and it's a big deal and it's just wonderful and, you know, it's all, it's great. Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama and they're together in their podcast. It's part of the, uh, part of the Obama, uh, the Obama team is producing it and it's called Renegades Born in the USA. Well, apparently... Uh, in this podcast, Barack Obama says that he popped a friend in the face and broke his nose. Now, according to uh, the former president, this person called him a racial slur. He says that when I was in school, I had a friend. We played basketball together. And uh, he at one time we got into a fight. He called me. And this is Barack Obama's words, not mine. Barack Obama's in the story. And one time we got in a fight and he called me a coon. Now, first of all, ain't no coons in Hawaii, right? That's a quote from Barack Obama. Okay. I want to say that if that's true, good, good. I'm glad that he punched him in the face. Right? He's got all the right in the world to pop this kid in the face for being called that to his face. No question about it. I don't believe it's true. I think it's a made-up story. Why haven't we heard this story before? We've heard all of these stories. We've heard stuff in his books. I don't remember hearing about this. If it's in one of his books, I apologize. I, I will say I'm sorry if it's in one of his books. But this is a story that we haven't heard before that he pulled out for the podcast with Bruce Springsteen. And we haven't heard this before in all the race talks and books that Barack Obama has done. No, no, I don't believe it. 
I mean, it's hor- if it happened, good. And I'm glad that he punched this kid in the face. But I doubt. I, doubt, I have my, my personal doubts that it actually happened. It's just me, though. I know. I know. All right, so uh, we found out that the FDA have endorsed the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine for emergency use, so they're going to be up and running. We'll have the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, a single-shot COVID vaccine is going to be available. They say that it's got um, a 66% effectiveness overall, 70 in their studies uh, 72% in the U.S., 66% in Latin America, 57% in South Africa. So the uh, the B period 1, period 351 variant is rapidly spreading. So they're saying that it's good for that, too. The company said the vaccine prevented 100% of hospitalizations and death. So be on the lookout for the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So now we've got uh, the Pfizer and Moderna's two-dose vaccines, and the Johnson & Johnson single-dose application. And uh, they are out to get you vaccinated. So, good luck. If you want to get vaccinated, you get vaccinated. And do it, you know, as soon as you can so that we can reach that herd immunity. Please. That would be great. We also got news that a lung transplant recipient is said to have contracted COVID-19 from new lungs and later died. So they're saying that it was the lung transplant that gave this person COVID-19. It's the, according to this, is the first proven case of transmission of COVID-19 via organ transplantation. Wow. So uh, the woman who became ill just days after the lung transplant eventually passed away from COVID-19, had reportedly gotten coronavirus from the organ donor's infected lungs. Wow. First proven case. I mean, it's the first case that they know of. I mean, I'm pretty sure they keep pretty good records on the transplants. Uh, Unless you're doing black market transplants. Uh, the legal transplant. If you're getting a lung from, let's say, I don't know, the University of Michigan, they're keeping good track. Okay. Uh, if you're getting a lung from Bill <laughs> in the lung barn uh, just outside of Waco, he probably isn't keeping as good of records. Well, that's just me. That's just me saying that he probably isn't keeping that good of records. But uh, a test of fluid obtained from the donor's lungs amid the procurement was positive. These lungs were infected. Wow. And they had COVID in them before they got into the recipient. Wow. How does that happen, though? Do they think, uh, how how do they let that happen? I don't know. I don't know. But they did. And we talked about AMC opening their theaters back up. Well, at least in New York. I mean, they were allowed to into in New York, and and uh, Andrew Cuomo was trying to you know ease the pain of getting beaten up. So he decided, oh, I'll, uh, I'll open theaters. I'll open theaters. But Six Flags. One more COVID story, and then we'll get out of here for today. Six Flags back in business. 
They said the Texas-based uh, theme park operator announced that it's going to open all 26 locations for the 2021 season, including five locations that stayed closed in 2020 due to continued, obviously, coronavirus restrictions. So they're going to hire thousands of team members with online hiring events. So if you need a gig, Six Flags is going to be hiring soon. They're ready for fun and signature Six Flag thrills in 2021. Um, They set the standard, according to President of Park Operations, Bonnie Weber. They set the standards for operating our parks safely and entertain millions of guests in adherence to government and CDC health guidelines at 21 of our 26 parks. Remember, they had five that didn't even open. So they're not... Uh, There's no firm date on reopening uh, parks in California, Illinois, Massachusetts, Mexico City, and Canada, but they're working on it, okay? So they're going to follow, man, there's local and state guidelines and federal guidelines for all these parks. It's got to be a nightmare for them, but uh, they're opening, and so keep your eyes open. There's no more cash. Wow, what a way to get rid of cash. Um online reservation system uh, prior to uh, booking a visit limited capacity at all parks credit card or mobile payments only no cash they want to minimize contact between guests and vendors and uh, guests are going to wear a mask and they are to evaluate at their own risk wow so okay they're ready to embrace the new normal Yay! And the new normal will be very different. But we believe these additional measures are appropriate in the current environment. All right. Uh, Keep an eye out. If you're looking for a gig, Six Flags is hiring. And we're ready and willing. Well, I don't know about willing. We're ready. I don't even know about ready. To be a part of the new normal. Yes, we are the new normal. (laughs) 